Hello, and welcome to Burn Your Draft, the podcast exploring the Reed College thesis process and experience. I'm your host and producer, Tommy Schacht, and it's springfall season here at BYD. Now, you may be thinking, it's February. This is decidedly neither spring nor fall. But it is the season where we get a fresh crop of Reed alums who graduated at the end of the fall semester, springfall grads. And today we'll be talking with one of those grads, Isaac Walton. Take it away, Isaac. Hi, my name is Isaac Walton. I am from Geelong, Australia. I studied in the anthropology department. My thesis was titled Aging in the Sun, an Ethnographic Exploration of Retirement Community in South Beach, Florida. And my thesis advisor was Paul Silverstein. Awesome. Now, I have to ask right off the bat, how did you end up at Reed from Australia? (laughs) Yeah, well, I am a U.S. citizen and my dad's American, so that definitely helped. I didn't have to deal with visa stuff, thankfully. And my dad's cousin went to Reed way back in the day, so that's kind of how I found out about it, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I was going to say we're very small. No, I don't think Reed has that much name recognition in Australia across the board, but I stumbled across it. I like it here. (laughs) I'm a fan. Okay, can you give me, like, a summary of what your thesis is about? Yeah. So from the, I'd say, approximately 1950s to the early 1980s, there was an extremely large retirement population or retiree population in South Beach, Florida. If anyone's familiar with how South Beach is now, it's not like that at all. It's like a super glitzy, touristy, very wealthy suburb of Miami. But back then, the the median age there was late 70s, early 80s. Oh, wow. And the majority of them were Jewish as well. So I just wanted to learn more about that and how that community kind of appeared and how it disappeared. More the latter, really, is what my thesis focused on. Awesome. So how did you choose your major? Did you come in knowing what major you're going to be, knowing that you wanted to look at something like your thesis topic? No, not at all. I don't think that many people come in as anthro majors because no one who hasn't studied anthro (laughs) really knows what it is. And I certainly didn't. And they don't really offer anthro classes in high school. So I came in as a poli-sci major and I took a couple classes and it really wasn't for me. I didn't really like the questions they were asking. I knew I wanted to stay in the social sciences, though, and I bounced around a little bit. Then when I took, like, Anthro 211, like, the intro class, I was like, okay, finally, like, we've this is what I've been looking for this whole time. And I really didn't fall out of love with it the whole time, so that was great. That is awesome. Yeah. So in case we have any, like, high schoolers listening who haven't taken any Anthro classes and don't know what it is, can you mm-hmm. give your best shot at a description of anthropology? Yeah, it's not the easiest thing to do. I think it's essentially the study of human culture, how people understand themselves in groups or like relative to groups. And I think a lot of social sciences ask that question, but anthro does it through fieldwork, mostly through research or immersing themselves in a particular cultural group and trying to work from the ground up, I think, as opposed to going in with really preconceived expectations about what it's going to be like. And that has always interested me. So that's a huge field. How did you end up with this town in Florida? Yeah, that's a good question. It was really kind of a stumbling across type of moment rather than going into read or going into even like my junior year with any idea. I was looking in a bookstore and in the photography section, I found this really cool photography book by an artist named Andy Sweet. 
And what he's most well known for is documenting the community that I ended up studying for my thesis, the South Beach Jewish retirement community. And the photos are just really fun and colorful and glamorous and really not what you're used to seeing in, in discussions of like retirement and retirement homes. Like I wanted to hang out there. Like it looked fun. It genuinely looked like a good time. Well, maybe that's why there's young people there now. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're just kind of hanging out on the beach, having these really extravagant parties at the well into their 80s. So I just started out thinking it was kind of funny, and I guess worked from there. And are most of the people who are there living in retirement communities, or do they, like, have their own homes? What the most common residence was in South Beach around that time was these kind of really dilapidated Art Deco hotels that were built in the 20s and 30s when South Beach was previously like a pretty high-end tourist destination that kind of fell into disrepair. So people would rent out the old hotel rooms as apartments. That's sick. I would totally live in one of them. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think they were not the nicest uh, living quarters, but it was not. Most people were not living in nursing homes or retirement villages or any of that stuff. Yeah, there's such a range of levels of care for older people. And that was kind of a side question that I explored in my thesis that I, like, for the most part, kind of left out of it. But what was interesting about South Beach is it kind of seemed like a lost age of elder care, or lack thereof, really. For better or for worse, there was things that were great about it, there was things that were really not good about it. But it's very different from, like, how old people, and especially, like, old people in Florida now are living. And Florida is very synonymous with retirement communities and with the elderly. Yeah. This day. I don't, do you know how it ended up that way? Marketing, essentially. There's no one answer to that question. Most people start out as snowbirds. It's people from usually the Northeast or New York City area who are financially stable. They want to spend the winter somewhere where it's warm. And Florida kind of was sold starting after World War II very effectively as a product, basically. And it's been developed so much more since then. Another interesting tidbit about South Beach in particular was that a lot of soldiers in World War II were stationed there. They had one of the biggest Air Force bases anywhere in Mm. the U.S. in South Beach. So a lot of soldiers are from elsewhere in the country who had never really heard of Florida went stationed there like, oh, this is pretty nice. I would (laughs) come back when I'm retired or they moved there or the word got out eventually. Interesting. I would not have expected that. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into a little bit about your thesis process. Can you tell me what an average day would look like? Was it very consistently spread out? Like, did you have a routine you'd go through? Were you a procrastinator? Did everything right at the end? I feel like I definitely backloaded my thesis to the second semester. So I, even to the end of the first semester, did not really have such a clear idea what my project was going to be. And, like, I had a draft of my first chapter, 90% of which ultimately didn't make the cut, but it's good practice regardless. But I suppose my average day was just reading. The reading takes up by far the most time. Once you get to the writing part, that's actually pretty easy. At least I found it to be. But yeah, just reading as many books and articles as I had time to that were in any way adjacent to my project. And you just take a ton of notes and really whittle those down into being actual ideas. And I guess this kind of leads into what was going to be my next question is, are there any particular skills that you feel like you really had to hone for your thesis? Yeah, I think an important skill is learning how to read what you think you should have to read and not read what you shouldn't be reading. Because your advisor or anyone else is going to recommend you a lot of books on the topic, and you need to learn whether you should be reading 100 pages of this book or five pages of this book, and it could be either. And I suppose the skill that I needed to hone in particular was 
figuring out how much of any particular article or book that I would actually need to read. Yeah, I'm going to have to work on that one. Yeah, and, and the same goes for classes I read, too, because, like, that, it, it really applies. To no, but I do things. all the readings. Like, that's... Okay, well, <laughs> that's... Have fun <laughs> with the rest of it. Well, I, look, I think an anthrop- some anthro professors just go absolutely nuts with assigning reading. And for me, it was not physically possible to do all of it. So it, I really did develop... It wasn't just random. I feel like I did actually develop a skill of A, skimming, and B, skipping. And I found that the department kind of expected that. Well, knowing what's important is a valuable skill. I yeah, mean. like you you, read, you highlight the bullet points and you kind of leave some other stuff. And I feel in Anthro specifically, there's very few ideas, but a lot of examples. And I mean, that's how academia should work. But like, you don't need to read every single example as long mm-hmm. as you understand the idea. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. What advice, if any, would you give to yourself at the beginning of the thesis process? Oof, that's a tough one. I would just say it's not going to be done until it's done. <laughs> Basically, like, don't expect to have a fully fleshed out project if you still have two months to go. Like, you're going to ultimately use those two months to finish the project, and it'll all get done eventually. And you should be using as much time as you have without rushing to all get it done in the last week. That's why they give you a whole year. So you t- spend the whole year working on it. When did you turn yours in relative to the absolute deadline? I think I turned it in four or five days early. So okay. not too bad, yeah. That's That sounds, like, nice and comfortable, like you're not at the absolute last yeah, minute. Yeah, I was like, I, you know what, I mean, more so, I was just like, I'd never want to look at this again. <laughs> just get it in. But I suppose I also didn't want to look like I was leaving it to the last minute. But there was a lot of clerical stuff that I needed to figure out and talk to the library about that. But yeah. Yeah, people tend to not leave enough time for that, all the formats. Oh, yeah, that would be, I mean, if I could tell myself format earlier and better and don't do it yourself, ask the library for help because that's what they're there for, that is also a useful piece of advice. Noted. Did you encounter any unexpected challenges for your thesis? Yeah, I think I didn't understand how many iterations of my general argument I would go through because it was like I couldn't count them. There was so many. I had so many different... It's just kind of crazy how many different ideas you can come up with the same exact content. So, yeah, I think I was surprised at how different it turned out from what I had envisioned. What did you start with? What was the original idea? What was the ending product? Yeah, it was all pretty vague at the start, but I think I wanted to zoom out and talk about retirement more generally and use South Beach as a case study. But that ended up not really making sense because I think South Beach is pretty unique in a lot of ways. It has little in common with many other retirement communities. So... I ended up kind of zooming in a lot more, and I think that was for the best because I was just like, okay, I want to understand this particular place as much as I can. I think most of Anthro, even though it's focused on something specific, you're taking a wider idea out of it, but I was less on the nose about that than I expected. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I do hear that, at least from professors, that they're constantly trying to get students to hone in. Yeah. I think sometimes it's better to go deep than to go wide because you talk to real academics, they're manically obsessed with one particular thing rather than, and they, I mean, obviously have a large breadth of knowledge as well, but it, it, this is your thesis project focus, it, I think is a, it's a good yeah. way to do it. Well, you can't cover everything. No, it? and I wanted to, and it's impossible. How long did your thesis end up being? It wasn't very long. It was like 60 pages. You can't cover everything in 60 pages. No, no. It's not a book. I think covering all of retirement in 60 pages, I I think I ultimately just didn't 
feel like I had the research to prescribe how old people should be living, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not up to me, and that's not really what anthropology is about. I kind of just like, okay, I'm an expert on South Beach now, and, like, I can tell you most things about that. Have you been to South Beach? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Shout out the anthropology senior grant. (laughs) I don't remember exactly what it's called. They gave me some money, and I went down there, and had a look around. I talked to the people at the Jewish Museum who were very helpful. I got to look at some really old documents that I would not have been able to find on the internet and just kind of got a feel for the place, which I think aided my writing a lot. That's awesome. What point in the process did you get to visit and for how long? Yeah, thankfully it worked out because I was spring fall. I graduated in December, so I was able to take time over the summer to do this. So I think it was like May, like like right after we got up from school I like went to Florida and did some research. Also is there anything that you have to say in general about being a spring fall graduate? Yeah it's kind of weird being on a different schedule than everyone else especially in regards to the thesis but I kind of didn't mind that I was like doing my own thing. I feel like at Reed especially people have a tendency to get stressed out about how much work other people are doing and like mm-hmm. basing yourself on that. And because I didn't really know that many other spring fall people, I was like, okay, I'm just doing me. Like I'm working however much I think I should be working, which was, I think, helpful. Yeah. And did you start on the spring fall track or did you do not eight semesters? Yeah, I did what was also kind of unusual, which is I graduated early, which is not yeah. easy to do. I read college <laughs> and... Aside for financial reasons, I wouldn't (laughs) entirely recommend it because I really felt like I squeezed a year's worth of work into a semester. But yeah, and I think I I knew I had the credits from like sophomore year, so I kind of had it planned relatively early, which is, I think, the only way to do that. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I'm a transfer student, so I'm already a little in the hole, but I don't think I could have possibly finished it. No, I don't think most people could. Luckily, I just had credits from high school, so it all all worked out. And now that I'm done, it's awesome. (laughs) Um, But all the bits before that kind of sucked. Like, I think the, like, a normal amount to take for your thesis year is, like, six credits, and I ended up doing, like, nine. Wow. If, if, like, you count that as one year. No, yeah, Which that's like the much. the maximum amount. Like <laughs> Yeah, I like had to I overloaded for the first semester. Damn. Which was not that fun. <laughs> but it was fine. Worth it to graduate. And we've talked about this a little bit, but can you tell me more about the outcome of your project? If you want to get into the details more, this is the place to do it. What ended up coming about from your research and why is it important? I eventually came to the conclusion that South Beach was kind of one of many examples in the United States of basically dilapidated and impoverished communities being left to rot, basically to be made way for redevelopment and gentrification, especially in places where the land is extremely valuable. Like in South Beach, it's right on the beach, it's really pretty a lot of tourism potential and it's not really a matter of any one person making a decision but more just like a cultural trend of neglect and semi-intentionally making way for one community to disappear so another one can take its place which is basically what happened in South Beach and that was pretty sad and I think it's something to I don't know if I could prescribe a solution but it's definitely something to be aware of and it's a it ended up being kind of a much darker story than I Really? Had figured out from the start. Why why do you say that? Well, because I was kind of attracted to the project because of 
how glitzy and colorful and fun being old in South Beach looked. And I think it was in many ways, and they had a really strong community, especially because of the shared religion and cultural roots and whatnot. But also the elder care in South Beach was basically non-existent, especially for most people. Most people there were really poor European immigrants, Holocaust survivors, many of them. And there was very few legally designated nursing homes in South Beach. So they couldn't just like build one without permission from the government. And the government kind of had redevelopment on their mind, at least the like local business developers collaborating with the local government. So a lot of elder care either didn't happen or happened in secret and like in these kind of sketchy off the books care facilities in which like Elders were, like, regularly abused and had their belongings stolen from them. And there was just kind of a lot of death, like, I mean, which is what happens when there's old people everywhere. But it didn't have to be as dire as it was, I think. I think there was a lot more that could have been done. Yeah, that is... No, it's not, it's not It's not that fun. But, I mean, it's, like, I didn't want to be too doom and gloom about because there was a lot of things about South Beach that were, like, really cool and fun. And, I mean, there's a reason why people still talk about it and look at the, those old photos, so... Yeah, I'm curious if you feel like there was more mutual aid amongst the older people since there were less options for actual elder care if people were kind of like doing things to help each other out. Yeah, well, I think there was mutual aid in a very traditional sense of just community. And I think one of the biggest problems for the elderly is loneliness. And I think South Beach was maybe a lot better than a lot of retirement communities at making sure people got out of the house and hung out and did activities. And even if they weren't super able-bodied, they could just sit by the beach or by the pool on their porch and chill with the kind of the community they had. They were all living in these hotels together. There was a lot of space for congregation, which was really cool. But, I mean, none of these people were doctors. They were, like, garment workers from Poland, so... I. No, I don't think they were super capable of providing those medical needs. But I think in in many ways, yeah, they were helping each other out. Okay. Changing gears. So you graduated recently, and you have had a little bit of life after Reed. But yeah, what just is, a smidgen. <laughs> what's the plan for life after Reed? Um, that's a good question. I'm thinking very short term right now. I'm just trying to make a little bit of money, and then I want to travel for a couple of months this summer, and then maybe set down roots somewhere after that, but that's TBD. I think after finishing Reed, you deserved a little vacation. <laughs> yeah. Kind of what I'm, I mean, I'm working right now, but... Uh, but yeah, not even, like, not, an academic-related... It's just, yeah, I'm picking up books for fun now, not for school. So that's pretty... That good. sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> you said about setting down roots potentially after that. Are you planning on staying in the U.S.? I would like to, but I'm also heavily considering moving back to Melbourne, where I'm from. It's really convenient that I have two passports, so I have the option, which a lot of people don't. I like America. It's pretty crazy over here. <laughs> it's like everything's kind of harder than it should be. <laughs> but, like, I, I'd keep living here, potentially. <laughs> That's a really interesting way of yeah. describing it. So what kind of jobs do you think you'd be looking for? Well, the job that I actually got today, cha-ching, is... What? Congratulations! Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, just in marketing, an office job, nothing super exciting. I don't know, thinking creatively, like, I've always been really interested in film and television, perhaps, and I'd, I'd really like to do something with that. Hard industry to get your foot in the door, so I'm just trying to get a little bit of experience and make a little bit of money before that. Yeah, no, I'd really like to do something creative. That would be awesome. And I feel like Anthro channeled a lot of that energy, believe it or not. Yeah, do you feel like your thesis impacted what you thought you were going to do post-college at all? 
Well, funnily enough, the first project that I had related to South Beach was that I wanted to make a movie script about it. Oh. Or tangentially related to that setting. It wasn't really about retirement or anything like that. But So I was like, oh, if I do the thesis, I could learn a lot more about it and I'd have a lot more knowledge to draw in when writing about it. And I haven't really done anything with that. But, that, but I mean, it, it all feeds into it, itself. And that was my original idea. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you could pick it up after the break, but yeah, I understand yeah. wanting to never step away. Never. Yeah. And do you have any advice for either readies who haven't started their theses or for students who are thinking about coming to read? Yeah. For students that are thinking about coming to read, prepare yourself. It's a weird place. It's a strange. It's pretty unlike anywhere else. I think on an academic level, I was treated incredibly, and I think I like got one of the best educations that was available to me, and I'm really happy with that. And I have primarily the anthro department to thank. I think they were all amazing. And for as far as like thesis work goes, just try and make it fun for yourself. Try and trick yourself into thinking that it's fun, and maybe eventually you'll like forget that you are tricking yourself at all, and it will just be enjoyable. And if there's something that you wanted to read but you don't think you have the time, make it related to your thesis, make it part of the syllabus, and then you're just basically reading for fun. And if you pick something you're interested in, there's a lot of ways to do that. Awesome. And final question, is there anyone you want to thank or acknowledge for helping you with the thesis process? I have to give a huge shout out to the advisor, Paul Silverstein. He was great, very helpful along every step of the way. And I think he really pushed me or not pushed, but nudged me in the right directions when I needed to go there without being too harsh. And the man has a very encyclopedic mind. So he just he knew the right thing to read at every step. And that was unbelievably helpful. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No, thank you. A delight. All right, y'all, I'm looking at plane tickets to Florida now. I think it's time for a vacation. Maybe on the anthro department's dime? Wonder if I could swing that as a non-major. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you'll join us again next time to talk to more readies about their theses and better understand just why you'd want to burn your draft. Burn Your Draft is a production of Reed College and the Center for Life Beyond Reed, created jointly by students, alumni, and staff. This episode was produced and engineered by me, Reed College student Tommy Schacht. Our executive producer is Seth Paskin, class of 1990, with technical advising from staff member Joe Janica. Nate Martin, staff member and class of 2016, is our project manager. Music by Jack Salvucci, class of 2020, and podcast art by alumni Henry Gotchlick and Lillian Pham, class of 2020. This podcast was made possible by a gift from Seth Paskin.